1: hello everyone and welcome back to episode 63 of a clean skate podcast a dallas stars podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, and we finally got the you know episode numbers down. I was kind of confused. I was like, "Well, should I keep this as part of the continuing season, or should I start over?" But nope, we are going to continue this and add it on to the already amazing collection of podcast episodes that we had started here at the Clean Skate Podcast. So I thank everyone for coming on this journey with us all season long, and I'm excited to keep things going because at the time I'm recording this, we are one week away from real life hockey that matters starting again we are so close i can taste it no more scrimmages no more friendly matches i am ready to just get in there and do the damn thing and the boys have left at the time i'm recording this also the dallas stars have officially taken off and are on route to the hub city of Edmonton where they will take on the other three top-seeded teams in the west the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Las Vegas Golden Knights in a three-game round robin series. First though I do want to go over some final roster notes last time. Uh, I was almost dead on with who I thought was going to be cut from the final roster. Uh, The team is bringing everyone I expected uh, Other than, they are bringing along with them Beirut, they're on defense, but he will also be part of the taxi squad that they are forming there, and they came out with some other line combos. Just for a little bit of a refresher, for those of you that didn't listen to the last episode, which I highly suggest you go and do, I came up with a prediction for the lineup. We've got the top line of Gurionov, Hintz, and Sagan, Yanmark, Pavelski, and Radulov, Ben, Dickinson, Perry, Cogliano, Foxa, and Como, and for those of you that have your panties in a twist, because I put Janmark above Ben, those two are interchangeable in this lineup, so you could put Ben up on that second line with Pavelski and Radulov. On defense, you have the very obvious Lindell, Klingberg, Heiskanen, Alexiak, Sekera, Johns, and then Polak, and then Bishop and Hudobin in net. However, they came out with some other line rushes, and I was reading The Athletic, and they are predicting a Ben Sagan-Gurianov top line, hints Dickinson-Perry second line, Cogliano, Foxa, Como, third line, and a fourth line of Janmark, Pavelski, Radulov. Pavelski and Radulov getting that third line time and the exact same defense with the addition. However, it doesn't seem like Polak is going to be even a potential in this lineup because it looks like they have penciled in Hanley and Fedun above Polak, which is awesome, awesome to see. And we are going to really be interested to see how the stars are able to take on this challenge And I hope that the boys are able to shake off some of the rust and some of the guys are able to leave some of their poor personal performances in the last season behind and they are able to take this on as a new challenge and get back to where we were. So before I get to this week's interview, we've got an interview this week I should have mentioned, uh, though you should see that if you read the title to this episode. This week, we've got an interview with the boys from the Colorado Avalanche-affiliated podcast here at the Hockey Podcast Network. The Offsides by a Mile boys, you've heard them on this podcast before, so they are going to be joining us in just a little bit to talk about how they feel the Colorado Avalanche are going to do in this new NHL scenario that we are all getting used to, as well as you know just talk about hockey and enjoy the fact that hockey is coming back as a bunch of dudes that missed the hell out of there being no hockey. However, before I do that, I do want to talk to you guys about the other awesome shows we have here at the Hockey Podcast Network. We have one podcast for every 31 and soon to be 32 NHL teams. Uh, I will talk about the Seattle Krakens at later in the episode. But Not only do we have a podcast for every NHL team, we also have some other separate podcasts that just talk about hockey in general, and they're a little bit more laid back, less NHL one-team centric. One of these awesome podcasts is the Fourth Line Voice podcast, and I'm going to play just a little bit of a promo for their podcast in here now, so you guys can get a bit of a feel. And if you want, you should go and check them out wherever you find your hockey podcast network podcast and follow them on twitter at fourth line voice
2: some enforcer based podcasting coming at you brought to you by the hockey podcast network
1: and now Samenko out in front of the
2: goal pounding away at Joe Kocher who's down on the ice holding the back of his head um you know actually what really surprised me especially with twitter being like leaf nation was Grimson over Colt or that actually that voting really surprised me I didn't think that would happen
1: don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice podcast wherever you find your podcasts.
2: Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Mark Bergevin and everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing and blah. And oh, and he hated him because he doesn't like fun and blah blah blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Bergevin's hilarious. No, this guy was a riot. Yeah, he would. that uh, be at the bar, and he's like, "Oh, I just had a penis colada." And the girls would like give a double take They'd be like, what? He's like, yeah, I had the penis calada, you know, I it's not bad, you know. It's- Enforcer-based
1: podcasting wherever you get podcasts from. And there you go guys, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, you guys can go give the fourth line voice a follow on Twitter at Fourth Line Voice and be sure to check out their show. It's a bunch of guys talking and shooting the shit about other guys, punching guys in the face and a bunch of other really funny hockey stories and I highly suggest you guys should go check it out. And without further ado, we will now take it over to this week's interview section of the podcast like i said the offside by a mile podcast joined me as we sat down and talked about the upcoming hockey that we're actually going to get to play i'm gonna keep saying that in hopes that it doesn't go away and that i'm not dreaming and hockey is in fact coming back so here it is the offside by a mile boys i hope you guys enjoy Mm -hmm. So do you boys want to get into it then? You want to, you want to start yeah. talking about this hockey then?
2: <laughs> sure, yeah, why not? We're, yes, we're, so. we're,
1: we're really t- uh, you know, tantalizing in there with uh, giving them we're – just, we're just brushing by it, but we'll, we'll start talking <laughs> about it. Um, I mean, so St. Louis comes in at number one. We'll talk about us first. We get on to everyone else. You know, St. Sure. Louis comes in at number one. Obviously, it's not set because we're going to play this little thing. But how do you guys see this seeding shake out? You see St. Louis still coming in at number one? Honestly, I I feel
0: like this is going to be such a freaking, like, wild round robin here. Like, I honestly, I've been trying to, like, go through scenarios of, like, yeah, like, exactly asking myself that question. Like, is St. Louis going to, you know, come out on top of this? And honestly, I think that literally any one of these top four teams in the West could could seemingly pick up that first seed.
2: This is my problem with talking about these round robins. Like, I know we want to talk about the West here for a sec, but if you look at the East, Boston has got to be your favorite for number one. They should be number one. They shouldn't even have to play these games to be number one, in my opinion.
1: They were eight points up on anyone?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like It wouldn't even come close to surprise me if Boston somehow comes out of the gate slow and finishes fourth. Never mind the Western side where basically like, the the blues the avs and the stars in the standings were already close never mind how the teams actually play each other right like the avs couldn't beat the stars this year so how many
1: games do we play in this round robin do we just play three. each each team once yeah yeah so i mean potentially right if you look at it from the stars point of view right they're sitting at the bottom of this table but every time they win a game they've moved up a, a Yep. up a seed just one yep. game like that exactly
2: right and, and like in theory in theory you're three and i is gonna win it two and one's gonna be second one and two and an oh and three
0: mm-hmm.
2: i'll give you a ton of money and tell you that's not gonna happen <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah
2: like it, it ain't gonna be easy a team's not gonna like it's not gonna be simple like that right like a typical tournament style right there's gonna be upsets there's gonna be like oh the blue start slow, they lose their first game win the next two Oh, the stars win their first two lose the last one right it's gonna be like that for both sides of this and it's so hard to pick because goaltending is so so up in the air with everybody
0: and especially for a one game you know one Not off you. game right it's like anything could well, happen
2: like, so you obviously don't see it but us in Canada we have the Memorial Cup which is this style it's a four-team tournament round robin and then you go to the finals right or you go to the semis in the finals but it's again it's three it's three games it's basically single knockout against each team, right? It's basically that. It is the most ridiculous tournament because anything can happen because a goalie can go off for two games and take his team into the final, basically. And you're just like, right? And if, say, for us, for as Avs fans, right, we know how Ben Bishop absolutely just crushed the Avs this year. What if Ben Bishop's not on, on his game to start this well, I've been
1: I've been watching some of the things and, and I was I've reading some of the things from the athletic and stuff like that, watching some of the training camps and it's very interesting because even like during uh training camp before the season, um, like Bishop just doesn't look good in practice. Uh he honestly he he, he, he just kind of looks like he's going through the motions at practice. Sometimes. We had a guy
2: in Colorado like that, his name was Semyon Varlamov. Mm. So
1: <laughs> but the thing is so it doesn't take Bishop to get to get into that playing form, but the thing is, is like you're looking at it, and I'm watching. I'm like, this is the first time you've really, you know, been here for a month, and we're just going to Edmonton to do this thing. I guess one, you're exhibition gonna be game. ready. You're gonna one be one exhibition, one exhibition gonna, game ain't gonna yeah, cut it. Mm-hmm. And right? I, I know, and they're planning on splitting Hudobin and Bishop um, time and stuff like that. So I, I, it's like one of those things. Like I don't know what kind of Bishop we're gonna get game one here.
2: And that's, that's, the thing. Like, that's the thing with every, everybody, yeah. like all 24 teams that are in this. But it's so much more uh, – I guess it'll be at the forefront in the round robins the most because, obviously, with the best of five series, you can let one or two slip away. Obviously, nobody wants to do that, but it could happen. Right. Whereas you let two, two games slip away in the round robin, well, you're one and two at best, right? And, again, at least it's not elimination games. But I've said it on our podcast a million times. I heard a, uh, a theory, like a way of doing this prior to this uh, format being announced, where the round-robin games would have added to the season totals, and then that was how the seeds would have been determined. I like that because of teams like Boston who had that edge already. Like, they earned the first seed. There's no question in my mind that Boston should be the number one seed. But at the same time, kind of the reason why if you go back to when the Tampa Bay Lightning voted no to this format was they didn't think that the round robin was going to be intense enough to get them ready for round one of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I mean I honestly you're saying that and I'm thinking about it. I kind of like it. Because like you're saying, it gives Boston like they don't have they don't have less room, they have less room to slip up. Yeah, They can't fall so hard because Boston, if they lose two games and they finish fourth seed, well, now you got to play potentially Pittsburgh or maybe Toronto in a first-round playoff series. Which,
2: I mean, Boston would love to play Toronto in the first round. I (laughs) I mean,
1: I think the (laughs) hockey world at this point would love to see Boston play Toronto.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think so.
1: Right, I'm sure there's, there's probably yeah. better options. They could be playing, as it stands right now, they'd be playing Columbus in the first round. And they would sleep their way through a seven-round series with Columbus. Hey, that's what Tampa Bay thought. True. I, <laughs> true. It, but, right, like I, I get it. I get
2: the, the concerns that Tampa Bay brought up before with the fact that clearly a best-of-five knockout series is more intense than a three-game, three-game round robin for seeding. But at the same time, if you're a contending team, like all eight teams in the round robin, you got to figure out how to get yourself prepared in those three games. That is your job. If you're going to contend for the cup, that's where you do it. You have to start it yourself. But I like I, I think, I, I to me, just aside from just getting your, your team into the round robin, I think there should have been some sort of bonus for teams that, like Boston, were just running away with it.
1: Yeah, it, it was like, a lot it was a lot tighter in the West. Like just like Bay Tampa was, Bay, yeah. Just
2: mm-hmm. like Tampa Bay did last year, right? Tampa Bay ran away with it, and that yeah. maybe screwed them against Columbus. Maybe that's what like again that that this could be all for naught, right? If Boston just goes in there, wins three games, finishes first seed, who cares? That's all that doesn't matter. But yeah, like you said, when it comes to the West, right? It was a shit show anyway. It wouldn't have really mattered. Like, yeah, yeah maybe maybe Dallas couldn't have been first seed if they won all three games. But they got at least been second seed if you add yeah. the to point totals, right? Whereas St. Louis maybe doesn't drop to fourth, maybe they only drop to third. Vegas kind of the same thing. Right? Well,
1: as a as a Stars fan looking at this, like we're going into this playing with house money, like these yeah. are the first three mm-hmm. games, like there's there is we could go zero and three. It would suck. I would hate that, and then I'd be super nervous going into the first round of the playoffs. But but hey, but we dude, could go zero anyway? and three and we could and nothing would change so this is this is entirely just a hey guys let's so that also makes me a little less worried than about that ben bishop start because ben bishop can go in and he can feel his way out he might have some horrible games maybe that's what it takes but true but we have a little bit of runway here whereas like st louis they're they're clinging to that spot they don't want to drop so this is this is just free games for the stars at this point
2: yeah that's fair that's a good way to look at it too um philly is the same way right uh yeah. but yeah it, it's just i don't know how you could try and pick like I, I can't even pick the best of fives never mind the round robins right like it's just it's such well, a crapshoot
0: yeah and like it's not like you can go off like oh recency of play right it's like oh well yeah like last week you know end of the season they they were you know tearing it up it's like you we were even kind of talking about as, like, the Avs are going to be playing Minnesota in their exhibition game. Minnesota was playing really good hockey at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, at the end of the season, before the pause. And, like, they were they were playing some really good hockey for, like, the past, I don't know, month and a half. Something like that. But now it's like you can pretty much just go ahead and throw that all away because, yeah. like, where's the chemistry? That's going to be a big thing. Like, all these, all these lines that picked up chemistry, like Kevin Fiala, you think about Fiala and mm-hmm. what he was yeah, doing he was. at the end. Yep what is he even going to have that anymore it's well, such a toss-up and then you look
2: at their opponents the canucks they were built on markstrom being a stud yeah that's why they were yeah. there well what the hell the, who, who knows what that's gonna be
1: yeah so, and that I goes that, for a that, lot of hoggles yeah so what what do you guys expect like level of play wise like do you expect to see like like october style hockey like fresh out of training camp style hockey like like i think it'll be more intense i think the intensity will be higher but like that i feel like it's system be, wise
2: i feel like it's gonna be christmas time hockey just because the systems haven't really changed i don't think necessarily the team obviously the abs are a bit of a question because of the fact that this is the first time first time they'll be healthy healthy since october yeah maybe even november Right, so that's the question. But the team knows what they do best, and they've got everyone. So I, I I think you, I think it's going to be better than October hockey. That being said, to the naked eye, it's going to feel a lot better than October hockey because it's going to be intense.
0: (laughs) right. So yeah, I mean, you'd think that I don't know about these exhibition games. These exhibition games, I think, are going to be kind of. I don't. I what's the word? I don't even know what I'm looking for. Like maybe finicky. Like there's gonna there's gonna be some adjustments for sure. But I think once we get into the the uh, round robins, that intensity is gonna pick up. Now I don't know if like the skill and uh, like I was talking about earlier, chemistry and everything is gonna be on that same level as like playoff hockey should be. But I think the intensity and the emotion will be there. So I think that those other two, you know, like the finesse game and the skill game and the chemistry game will come a lot quicker, Mm -hmm. but I could see a little bit of a cold start. And, and especially like, we're already talking about like what kind of, you know, I guess intensity that we'll see out of these teams in the round Robins, but, you know, playing for those top seeds, I think will, you know, give, give those teams an edge or not an edge, but like a push to, you know, perform better.
2: Again, not to be dead at horse too, but like if all of a sudden you get a couple floaters that go in on these goalies too, it's going to completely change how the game feels. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And fingers crossed for all. To be honest, I want every single goalie, all 24 starting goalies to just be rock stars from the get-go here. But it's not that easy.
0: Yeah. 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 And I mean, so what uh, Dallas plays on the 30th. So what's that Wednesday? No, uh, no Thursday. that's Thursday. Thursday is that literally their exhibition
1: game? Is yeah. all the way on Thursday? Okay. Yeah, yeah, same as the yeah. Avs. We play the Preds.
0: Uh, Aves play on Wednesday. Do they?
1: Yeah.
2: No, oh, I thought it was Thursday too.
0: But yeah, I mean, like those those exhibition games are going to be interesting. Um, but I don't know. I I feel like I feel like there shouldn't be an, an issue with level of play, and like I feel like all these players are professionals. And it's kind of interesting to see some of those uh, unfit to play kind of statuses out there. Yeah. And to me, that's just, like, unfortunate. And But, you know, who knows what that's all, you know, relevant to and what, you know, why they got that status or whatever. But maybe, you know, it's just you don't have the equipment. You know, like, some of these players probably haven't been on the ice as, like, nearly as much as a lot of other players. It's going to be just... Interesting.
2: Because we've been dealing with the unfit to play stuff during camp, I haven't really thought this far ahead. But every year playoffs become the lower body or upper body injury, right? That's mm. across the board. It's gonna be even worse this year.
1: Yeah, people are gonna come in tight and they're gonna pull something like that. Like unfit to yeah. play. Yep.
2: Everybody's gonna be unfit to play and you're just gonna be like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, <laughs> the, yeah,
1: the cr- the cra- I saw
2: him pull his hamstring, okay? Yeah. Like <laughs>
1: It's it's going to be interesting, but I think also you guys were talking about it. It sort of like killed people's momentum. It also killed people's like down downward momentum as well. You right? Like true. from like a, a star's perspective, right? The Ben and Sagan weren't really having that great of an offensive year. Um, so you know that could change. Hope right? I mean, I I hope that they took this break. They're able to look at it. They've watched some film, and they come back and they blow it out of the water. And they're the Ben and Sagan of old. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. that's what I hope for. And the thing about this break is, like, it's it's a mystery box. We got, I got no clue what Tyler sagan Jamie Ben, Dallas Stars, we're gonna see.
0: Well, and I feel like, yeah, you're right about that. Like, it's a it's a clean slate, right? A like, clean skate. A clean skate slate. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I feel like there's a lot. Uh, like, of course, there's a lot of attention, but there's there's like a a major opportunity for a lot of players and i mean teams in general but like players like ben and sagan like you said struggled all year a little bit you know they weren't quite the ben and sagan that we're used to they have this huge opportunity right now if they perform well i think all of all of their whole shitty season that they had is going to be overlooked like this, there's there's some major like even contract implications that are going to go into this kind like these games coming up. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like different play like even like I was thinking there's been lots of talk on like Avs Twitter and all that about just like the Avs defense going forward, and lots of talk about uh Big Z you know Zadorov he struggled he had a, he had a you know not a very good year he had glimpses of good you know, games and defensive games, November, shutdown games. November
2: was the best season of his career. And then it, right. it went so And then it went to the worst, road.
0: right? So, like, if he plays really well and he plays that shutdown role that we've seen him succeed in, that's, like, a major thinking point for the Avs going forward, right? Because I think he's up his contract after next season. I believe so. So, that's, like that's a big stepping stone into next season, which if he continues, like if he gets some good momentum and some good play in this season, it goes for like Ben and Sagan too. like the next season, they can build off that, but it's like, it's big. And it's, I think it's like more magnified this year because there's going to be so many question marks about players performing.
1: Do you think, do you think GMs will give leeway to players that don't perform now? Because people can come out of this and be like, Hey, Listen, but it was, it was the pandemic. I, it you was know, weird. Like, it's not Yeah, like it's right. not like, right? So do you think that'll happen as well then?
0: I don't think there will be leeway. If, you are, if you're performing bad, like I feel like that's going to be a thing that's going to come down to, well, you're a professional. You got to be ready when you're called upon. I feel bad. I could bad. just see that just because that's the way business is in the NHL, you know?
2: I feel bad for everybody that's not a that That's on an expiring deal, mm-hmm. regardless of situation. Whether yeah, that's it's RFA, even so much more pressure. RFA, right? UFA, doesn't matter. I feel bad for anyone because, like I, I, like Jared said, I agree. I don't think there's going to be any, oh, I mean, shit happens. Like, we'll, we'll get them next year kind of thing, right? Like, for the Avs, it's pretty clear they were cup contenders. I think on nights, the, the stars were too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you throw away – this cup chance because you weren't ready, quote-unquote. Uh, it's unforgivable to a point, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, for the abs, it's the start of the window, not the end. But if you're near the end of your window and you're just going to throw it away, that's, that's rough.
1: So then looking at the abs, how are you guys feeling uh, going into this? Oh, really good. Outrageously confident.
0: Um, oh, all right. <laughs> I like it. Basically, like you know, Tyler kind of alluded to earlier. Like, we have not had a healthy roster in.
1: Just, yeah, I don't even uh, know you when. guys are like, one of the big teams that are benefiting from this, th- from the amount of healthy people that are coming back.
0: Yeah, and then we've kind of talked about St. Louis as well, getting Tarasenko, which is a huge piece oh, of that team, goodness, as so we all know, it. back. Yeah. And like he wasn't even there the whole damn year. Yeah, yeah. So like, but yeah, for us, like having that entire roster healthy like we we went through so many different stages of what the hell was our first line because everyone's just getting injured and in practice they were they were running burakovsky on that top line which at the start of the season wasn't even like thought oh, of shit. right mm. and but now like we went through having landiskog mckinnon down ranton and down and burakovsky jumping up to that first line and playing pretty much like mvp of the team for times there and, like, you know, snipe and goals off, and this guy's just going on a hot streak. So, like, it's interesting to, like, mix him in there, like, getting all that confidence, which who knows if that's still there, hopefully, right? After this much time, who the hell knows? But, like, having that, and, like, Nashushkin just popped off, right? And yeah. uh, Namastakov too. Right, Namastakov comes in from Ottawa and, and starts playing yeah, really you good guys hockey, got, too. You guys
1: got him at the deadline, right? So you yeah, only saw, yeah. what... Uh, like nine games with him or something yeah, like that something like that, that was enough he was yeah
2: and he's been flying at practice apparently and too, he's and
0: like sh- uh he's a player that you can tell is kind of built for that playoff <laughs> style hockey right like bigger boy not afraid to get in mm-hmm. the dirty areas so i think there's so many positives. he's also
1: a big part because your guys's penalty kill wasn't very good isn't he a big part of that yeah. penalty kill isn't that why you guys signed him at least that's what i thought right Right, so pretty much
2: oh man this power this penalty kill i remember i've said it it felt like they got scored on every other time oh it felt like it it felt like and nights there there were definitely 50 percent nights that's for sure but that that's another one of those things right like you said the the momentum right it doesn't matter what your stats were on your power play your penalty kill all that shit beforehand it doesn't matter game to game anyway, but you, you can feel it right now. It doesn't matter now, man, this penalty could, could be a hundred percent and I will be stoked. <laughs> right. But again, it's just the other thing for me too. And why I'm so confident is because the Avs are not built as a goaltending heavy team. So if the goaltending struggles, they've dealt with that. Not that they've had bad goaltending this year, but it's not Ben Bishop style or Binnington style, right. where you're, you're like
1: you're not you're not so reliant on your goalie to keep you through the game. <clears throat> yeah. um, that you can they can have they can let in a squeaker and it, yeah. you, you you can get it back.
2: So that's part of why I'm confident too is not yeah. necessarily holding my breath on Grubauer coming and being Bishop 2.0 or something like. I expect I expect Grubauer to be his average Grubauer self. And I expect Frankie, if Caldebon, to be his average Frankie self too. So,
0: And, yeah, I think that's another thing. And it's so hard to, like, rely on, you know, the end of the season play because, like we kind of talked about earlier, who the hell knows what's going to happen, right? But I think a big thing going towards kind of that goaltending, you know, topic that you were just talking about with the Avs is that our defense – really started to our team defense really started to get locked down like midway through the season we were blowing a lot of leads in the third period right i don't know how many games we freaking you know fucked off because we (laughs) couldn't lock down a game that we played amazing for 55 minutes and then we let in three goals or two goals in the last five minutes of the game but that stopped happening yeah and once we got leads we were holding leads and playing really good shutdown now that's you know five months ago now so who knows what's going to happen now. But I feel like that's a really good sign as well to, you know, like that that's what we need in playoffs. You can't blow leads in playoffs because if a team takes a late lead coming back in a game, that momentum is not getting shut down. You know, right? No. like if you're in a, in a series with St. Louis and especially, they take a late lead, they're not giving that up.
2: Especially without having a crowd behind you too.
0: That too. Yeah. And no home ice advantage whatsoever. It's like you can't feed off any energy that the that the fans are giving you well that, that's think, even negative too right that i think
2: is one of the things that's going to be a real question uh,
1: it's been interesting i've been watching a lot of the the premier league and they okay. haven't had any fans as well yeah and it's right. been interesting because um they obviously still travel they still play in the other team's stadiums it's just with no fans so it's a little yeah. different still there is still that home field advantage but it's it's interesting to watch like away teams normally you'd walk in there and in an away stadium you're banging a free kick high and wide because the crowd's screaming it's loud but now there's guys that they walk in and they're just putting just beautiful beautiful free kicks up and over the wall and stuff like that no pressure they would would never do that right they're just walking up casual just it's a training session for some of these guys but then on the Mm -hmm. flip side of that you got the guys that need that that roar of the crowd to you know get them into a game and they're just like completely off a step so it's going to be interesting to see, like, who, who like, because, you know, everyone's like, oh, playing in Toronto is so hard and stuff like that. All right. You don't have any fans in the building. There's no there's no more, you know, Bronx cra- claps or anything like that. You know, when you're when you blow a lead or anything like that, there's no you know, the, the media is not in your face as much during games anymore. So it's going to be interesting. Like, this is your chance to prove that that, you know, the media is what's doing it to you.
2: The one that I think, like, that stands out in my head the most is Nashville. And what's going to happen uh, with Nashville? Because yeah. their it's crowd your, is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Not that I think – like, that? I don't think that bugs goalies. I don't think that bugs players. But it's just something to think about. Because yeah. they hear it. Like, and there's they, no question they don't hear oh, that. How that can rink, you yeah.
1: not? <clears throat> it it yeah. rattles my TV when they do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> so, it's just like it's, – it seems like that. Again, it's, it's not like football – Like, football, the home ice advantage is a real thing because you can make it so teams can't hear themselves. Hockey's not really that, right? You don't really have to deal with things like that. So I don't think home ice in the, quote-unquote, like, advantage department really adds up to much in the NHL. But it's still the momentum swings. Like, if your fan base is into a game and all of a sudden that away team just silences the crowd, that is huge, and that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and i mean yeah you make a good point because it's like that's definitely something into psychology of every freaking player too right and it's like how they react to crowds whether it's negatively or positively yeah that's going to be interesting because maybe there's different players that are going to step up in this situation because there's just it's so much more of a calm atmosphere when it comes to fans and everything
1: yeah yeah, that's going to be. I'm just worried. Uh, how are defensemen going to know when to shoot? You know, the crowd's <laughs> oh, not going to be out. Yeah. <laughs> never mind. Never mind.
2: Just defenseman power play. Steve. Yeah, how are they yeah. going to know
1: to put the puck on net without
2: that?
0: <laughs> yeah. um, so I guess you know, going back the other way, how are you feeling about the Dallas Stars going in this? You kind of already mentioned, you know, like this is kind of playing with house money, and that's like a really good way to put it. Um, how are you, how are you feeling about the team going in?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I can be nonchalant and, and be like, you know, it doesn't matter. We can lose all three, but you know, you know, that if we lose all three, I'm going to be going into the first round, just shitting your brains. Like, oh, it's horribly, <laughs> just, you know, it's going to be the worst. So, so I, I definitely hope they don't sleep through this and get walked all over because, and, and I think back to the beginning of even this regular season, Right. We sort of walked into it kind of casually and got our face caved in those first 10 games. Right. So so I'm hoping that, you know, that this break, you know, like I said, gave Ben and Perry and Sagan and some of those guys that were struggling, you know, the chance to get over whatever that was in their mind. They were able to, you know, spend time with their family, hug their kids. You know, they get whatever they had on their shoulders off and they can come back with a fresh attitude and, and, and kill it. Um, but like you, like you guys said, I don't know. So it's weird because we're the fourth seed, so we can only go up. But how do I feel going in? I, 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 I don't know. Um, I think goaltending is not going to be an issue. I said I was a little worried about Bishop, but he's just one of those guys. If anything, I'm more worried about Bishop staying healthy um because even when he was with like the lightning it seemed like he's game one of the playoffs broken hand four days before the playoffs started broken knee like it like right like when they needed him most he was the avatar he vanished so yeah so like i'm but i'm also not worried because we got hudobin in net i I think our defense and like some of those guys that were running really hard uh like i i think heiskanen who, who we just, right, we run him and Klingberg and Lindell into the ground. Like, they they do so much for us. I think that the rest will help them, and I don't think they're players that will, they'll really get in their head like that. They're just, they, I don't know. I, I feel like the, it, the breaks won't affect them very much. Uh, I'm more worried and interested to see how it will help things offensively because, again, we weren't, we weren't setting any records for the amount of goals we were scoring. and It, c- it can hurt it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> they've looked good in training. They've definitely—I mean, obviously, training is training. But uh, some of the the big thing I noticed from watching some of the training videos and stuff like that is they've been having their defense join the rush a lot more, which I know Heiskanen and Klingberg were already doing. But it's much more of a four-man unit instead of like a quarterback. Heiskanen's going to skate the thing in, and more of a unit. So listen, it's not going to—it's nothing to write home about, but. I'm I'm hoping we can come out of this firing.
0: Yeah, I mean, those young defensemen on Dallas, like I, you know, kind of similar, uh, you know, prospects, I guess you could call them, coming up between you know ABS and Dallas on the back end, like Klingberg and Heisken, and Man, like I had both those guys in my pool, man, because I I knew that like. You know these guys are special players. They're like, each playing he,
1: 25 minutes. They're gonna block shots. They're gonna both be on the power play. Like, like yeah. you can't. They're they're perfect.
0: Yeah, and so yeah. I mean, I think you're right about about you know goaltending too. Like, it's it's Bishop man. I'm sure, I'm sure he's gonna perform. And yeah, like you said, hopefully he does stay healthy. And I think that is probably going to be a concern of like a lot of stars fans like mm-hmm. yourself. It's like can he stay healthy? But right. also, like you said, you do have Kudobin, and that guy played pretty damn good over like the last two seasons when he's been called upon. So
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot more top-heavy teams than bottom-heavy teams in this league, um, but we are definitely one of the bottom-heavy. Like, like, if we are the inverted pyramid, and that bottom pillar is our goaltending, and if that thing chips, like, it's... We've got good defense, but I don't want to see Landon Bowen net so, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting, but he, you know, Bishop held up through all of last season's playoffs and th- there were some grinds and some battles, especially in that St. Louis series. Yeah. So he held up through that and he got a bit more of a break here as well to, you know, get rid, get over anything that might've been nagging him, anything bruised or anything like that. So I'm hoping he comes into this fresh feeling good and relaxed and he can just come in and do his thing. And if, if if Bishop can come in and do his thing, we're we're home free. Like we're yeah. on pretty steady sail, sailing most nights.
0: Uh, goaltending of Bishop's elite level when he's on his game yeah. could definitely win series. So he's a cheat yeah. code when he's on. Yep. Well,
1: yeah, Bishop Bishop steals us one game in this, and we jump up to third seating. Like yep. that's, that's 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 all we need is he can he steals one game in a best of three or best of five <clears throat> series. Like it's amazing. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Well, uh, that's been like forty minutes as usual. So, uh, boom, book it. Book it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else, but
1: uh, oh no, dude, I'm just I'm shaking. Like you've we. This has been amazing. I'm man. I'm so hyped for this hockey to come back, and oh, it's so. One big, week. One week. My my Very birthday soon. is this Wednesday, so this was like a birthday. Oh. They dropped the schedule, and I was
0: oh, like, "Oh, you're like, wait, happy way. birthday, happy yeah. birthday to me!" Hell yes, dude. Yep that's going to be a good birthday just chilling watching hockey all day Washington hell and yeah
1: mm-hmm. well, I, that's all i could ask for
2: good luck to the stars but not not too much good luck i guess <laughs> uh,
1: as per
0: usual
2: maybe on the on the fifth maybe the stars don't do so hot and uh <laughs> we'll be we'll be happy
1: well well best, best yeah, of luck be to it, you eh? gentlemen and uh Either way, we'll have to come back on it and break down Definitely. break down the uh, the series. For yeah. sure,
2: man. Maybe we'll talk to you in a couple weeks after yes, that game.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And there you guys go. That was a jam-packed interview. I love chatting with those guys. It is always a blast. And like I said, I wish the Avs and them the best of luck, but not the best of luck because uh, – we all know the Stars are going to beat them in this upcoming round-robin tournament. But if you guys want to follow them because you guys enjoyed their stuff, you can follow them at Offside by a Mile on Twitter to keep track of theirs if you guys are secretly Colorado Avalanche fans. But you all know that you're listening to this podcast for a reason. We are Dallas till we die. Uh, a few other notes, though, from around the NHL before I wrap this thing up. First thing is, coming out of nowhere, John Chaco will not be joining the Arizona Coyotes in Edmonton. He has quit the club. Yeah, I'll let that sink in for a second. He had up and quit. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of other things. The Arizona Coyotes were allowing him to talk to other teams, um, but he, he up and quit, which just shocks the hell out of me. And, you know, the Coyotes put out a statement saying that they are disappointed that he gave out on them when they felt that they still have a chance in these upcoming play-in. And especially now with all this happening, like, this uh, it just looks like the Coyotes are about to implode. That's just my opinion. It also could be setting up for the perfect Cinderella run. Your GM quits on you, and then you go out and win the Stanley Cup and show them. I think if the Coyotes win the Stanley Cup after this, uh, I think I'll have to stop watching hockey. Uh, I think that would be that would be what happens. But hey, you never know. That is what makes all of this so interesting. Is because you never know who is going to come out on top. Also, in notes, the Seattle team, the name has been speculated for about. And as you heard in the earlier bit of this episode, the Seattle team has been named the Seattle Kraken. The thirty-second NHL team will be the Seattle Kraken. They've got these really nice, you know blue colors with a little bit of red in there. They've got a cool anchor, some tentacles. You know, I I really, really like this logo, the name. They've got a cool kit. They're gonna have some really nice white jerseys, maybe some white gloves. And you guys know how much of a fan I am of those really, really tight, clean, clean looking white gloves. And the last thing I want you guys to do is go follow this podcast on Twitter. There are not enough of you that listen to this that follow me on Twitter. I will be tweeting out like crazy over the next couple days as hockey ramps up. And as hockey starts, you can watch the game along with me as i tweet out my reactions to the game you can follow this podcast at clean pod on twitter and be sure to follow everyone else from the hockey podcast network on twitter as well and i will talk to you Cowpokes, in the next one